Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. You probably know what it's like to have to tell someone a hard truth. As you know, this is particularly difficult if you love the person and you expect a bad or an explosive reaction from them. In Daniel chapter 3, the prophet Daniel has to deliver such a message to a powerful king. Daniel realizes his words will be designed by God to humble this king, but that doesn't make it easy. This is a situation you might be in right now or you may find yourself in someday, and Daniel helps us see how to handle it. To learn more, let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, From Pride to Humility to Glory. Well, it's been a bit over 30 years since the prophet Daniel has been in Babylon. He was taken as a prisoner of war from Jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire, specifically led by their ruthless leader, King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in the world. All things considered, Daniel has done tremendously well in Babylon. He's become a trusted advisor to the king, but he hasn't lost his soul in the process. That says a lot. When you can be in an environment that is very ungodly, you can be true to your faith and, and, and still manage to maintain to keep your job. And he's become a trusted advisor to the king. But now today, he's got to, as we continue in chapter four, he's got to tell the king um, a hard truth. In this case, it concerns a dream that the king had. We went over it last week. The king told... Um, Daniel, the dream, um, and so the news is not good at all, and it's not easy to de- uh, deliver difficult news to a violent king, is it? No, it's not easy at all. So let's just all, uh, did you ever wish that you were a fly on a wall somewhere? Let, let's, let's be a fly on a wall. Let's just be kind of person hiding behind the pillar in King Nebuchadnezzar's palace and listen to Daniel break the news to the king and, and just gather some of the lessons that we can gather from it. And probably the biggest lesson he has to tell Nebuchadnezzar from this king, from this dream is simply this. God is God and you are not. Now, some of us, we know people who they're not kings, they're not presidents, they're not anything like that, but they think they're God. And they're not. Maybe you're here today. You're a guest with us. You're not a follower of Jesus. You're watching online. I'm glad you're with us. And you, you think you're God. But we're going to see how sometimes God will let us know and show us that we are, in fact, not who we might think that we are. And so the title of our message today is From Pride to Humility to Glory. From Pride to Humility to Glory. So you're like, well, at least it's going to get better. <laughs> Pride, humility, middle to, to glory. Well, let's pick it up at verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, now that's his Babylonian name, was astonished for a time. If you are carrying an old King James version, it says he was astonished for an hour. And his thoughts troubled him. Some versions say alarmed him. Some say terrified him. Because he heard the dream, he knows what it means. 
So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and the interpretation concern your enemies. So he knows what it means, but he says, really what I'm hoping is that this dream is not for you, king. I'm hoping the dream is for your enemies, but he knows deep down that's not the case. Now, most if not all of us know this feeling. Did you ever have some really bad news you had to deliver to someone? If you're a boss, you know this all too well. You've got to tell them something really difficult, something that's uncomfortable, something you don't want to tell them, and you hesitate to speak. Um, Experts say, really, it should go something like this. Begin with something positive, and then say it. So you might want to say, if you're a boss, something like, well, we're thankful for your time here at the company, but we're dying to find out what it will be like without you here. No, that's not what you want to say to them. That is not true at all. You you might want to just start out with something positive and then just just go into what what you want to say. Daniel knows that the dream is for Nebuchadnezzar. It's not for his enemies. And after all this time, in knowing the character of this man, Daniel, it seems almost impossible to believe that he does not care for Nebuchadnezzar. And so he doesn't want this to be the truth of what's going to happen. But sometimes we have to deliver hard messages to people that we deeply care about. This often puts us in a dilemma. Do you tell people that you care about the truth even if it's uncomfortable. Now, most of us would nod our heads and say yes. Now, let's remember, we don't have to tell um, people everything, but there's some things that you have to tell people. I always ask the Holy Spirit for help, and someone came to me after last service and said, I do the same thing. And I said, you know, I didn't state the whole thing of how I talk to God about it. I'll always say, dear Lord, would you please guide me in whether I should say this or not, And if I do have to say it, don't let me chicken out. (laughs) Because sometimes we know God wants us to say something and we we chicken out. It's it's difficult um, for a lot of people to do this. And unfortunately, it's become difficult for the church to do this. The church in America now is often guilty of telling people just what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. If someone was very sick and I was a doctor and, and, and they only had a few months to live, and unless they got a special treatment, and I didn't tell them, what would you call that? Malpractice. To tell people, not tell people the truth of what they need to hear is spiritual malpractice. There's a reason why James 3.1 says those who teach will be under a stricter judgment. I don't have many nightmares, but I do have nightmares about that one. I've seen a lot of people lose a lot of things when they weren't told the truth. I've seen people lose jobs. I've seen people lose friends. I've seen people lose families, marriages. I've even seen people lose their souls when someone didn't love them enough to speak the truth in love to them at some point. Well, why is that? 
we all have our reasons. But at the end of the day, I was really thinking about this a lot. At the end of the day, I was thinking about it. Actually, one of, I had to go on a half-hour drive. And it was really all I thought of. And I really couldn't come to no other conclusion than, than fear makes us silent. How many times has that happened over the years when people are just afraid to speak and, and, and evil prevails? There's an old expression about that. Evil prevails when good men do nothing, when good men and women do nothing or, or say nothing especially hard truths from the word of God. This past Wednesday, it's funny, it was the, interesting that it's the first week we reopened for Wednesday attendance, and I have to speak the entire night on eternal judgment. <laughs> I'm like, what great timing, what great timing. And, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, I know a lot of pastors don't want to talk about such stuff. And how many of you have favorite cartoons? Any of you have favorite cartoons? I have favorite. My favorite cartoon character far and away was, how many of you know who Foghorn Leghorn is? Yeah. If you don't know and you're young, write that down. Write that down. You'll just be cracking up. And, and he was a mentor to a little chicken hawk. And, and he would say to him, you're a chicken hawk, boy. You're a chicken hawk, boy. And whenever I don't want to preach certain messages, God's like, you're a pastor, boy. You're a pastor, boy. Now, I'm not saying God is foghorn leghorn, okay? but that's how I feel like he's talking to me. Now, there was, a, there was a good side of it, too, and a lot of times we only hear the bad news. So were a lot of people destroyed when the flood came? Yes, but what was the way not to be destroyed? Get on the ark. Get in Jesus Christ. There was a lot of people destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah, but what was the way to not be destroyed? Get out of town with Lot. But a lot of times we only hear the bad stuff and we don't want to deliver the difficult news. But the the way we speak hard truth says a lot about our love level. It's not just that we say it. it, it, It's we say it to people with a a sense of, of love and of care. You know, sometimes people are obstinate and need to be, you know, spoken to a little bit more firmly. I remember one time I was firing a guy at my trucking company. He worked for me for seven years. I was in tears, and he's got his hand on my shoulder. I'm firing him, and he's got his hand on my shoulder going, it's okay, Jim, it's okay, Jim, and his name was Greg, and I'm like, Greg, but I love you. He was so terrible at his job, (laughs) but I had put up with him for so much, for so long, because I loved him so much. He's like, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. He used to pop by like every three months ago, and I'm doing okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, well, let's fast forward 600 years from Daniel and listen to Jesus, Luke 19, 41 and 42. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city, Jerusalem, and wept over it, saying, if you had known even you. Now, they're going to crucify him. Jesus has a lot of enemies in that city. And what is he doing? He's weeping over the city. He said, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that made for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. I mean, Jesus is like, your Savior is here and you don't even see it. It's hidden from you. And judgment is going to come to this city. And Jesus is, instead of being like, well, you're going to get what you deserve. No, Jesus is weeping over it. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, a lots of Israel, most of Israel hated him, couldn't stand him. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Another point in Romans, he says, I wish they would be saved instead of me. If they could all be saved and I would have to go to hell, that would be okay. That was impossible because you're only saved by faith in Jesus. But that's what Jesus did on the cross. He's becoming like Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we could go to heaven. We come to verse 20, and, and it's interesting, Daniel repeats the dream. I don't know if he's stalling for time. I don't know if he's just trying to you know, help Nebuchadnezzar think through it more clearly. He says, verse 20, the tree that which you saw, the tree that you saw, which, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, those whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant in which was food for all. So maybe he's talking about the great prosperity of the empire. Remember, it's as far as the eye could see of the known world, under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of heaven had their home. So maybe he's talking about protection that the empire provided, the Babylonian empire provided protection for the nations that it had taken over. But verse 22, he says, it is you, O king. He says, king, you're the tree who have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the end of the earth. So he's like, King, you and your empire are the great tree. But the problem is, as we will see, Nebuchadnezzar thinks that that great tree, that great empire is the center of the earth. He's not the center of the earth. The Lord is the center of the earth. Verse 23, now he begins the bad news. Daniel says, inasmuch the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, and we said that was either the Lord himself or that was an angel, chop down the tree and destroy it. Well, if Nebuchadnezzar's the tree, what, what's going to happen to him? He's going to be chopped down and destroyed, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth. I guess that's the only hope. Bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times passes over him. And then verse 24, he says, this is the interpretation, O king. And this is the decree of the most high. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar is always making decrees. Now he says, you need to listen. This is the decree which has come upon my Lord, the king. This is what's gonna happen to you. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, meaning he's going to be living outside, and seven times, now some people say it's seven seasons, some people seven years, shall pass over you till you know, some versions say, until you have learned that the most high rules or has sovereignty 
in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Now, that was the, we looked at that last week. It was said three times. This is the, that was really the theme of this chapter. This is the second time he says it to him. And basically, Daniel says this to him. King Nebuchadnezzar, things are going to be very difficult for you until, and we'll see it in a minute, until you repent of your pride. Things are going to be very, very hard for you until you repent of your pride. Perhaps that is a message for someone in particular this morning. In some ways, it's a message for all of us. But maybe it's been something God has been speaking to you. I mean, maybe, maybe in your life, you're trying to get something going. And there's, you're just absolutely unable to get any traction in anything. You can't get anything going. Everything you touch is going wrong. Nothing is going right. And you've been, you know, blaming, you know, your boss. You've been blaming your friends. Or you're like Adam saying to God, it's the woman you gave me, right? Whatever it is. You're just blaming everything. But deep down inside, you know that God has been saying to you, there's a big pride issue going on here. And until you deal with that with me, this is the way it's going to be. You you know it. You know it deep down. I've had it many times in my life when God has been like, no, Jim, this is what it is. And until you deal with it and you know, you learn your lesson enough times. I can't say I've totally learned it, but I learned it a lot when I was younger. And, and, and just saying, until you deal with it, until you stop blaming other people, it's going to be hard for you to get anywhere in life. So Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord is going to cut you down. He's going to drive you from the kingdom. You will lose your sanity and you will think like an animal. You will live with the animals. You will eat grass, not the kind some of you used to eat. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? Come on, this is Calvary Chapel, man. (laughs) You eat grass for seven years. It's actually a known illness known as boanthropy or lycanthropy. Not exactly a feel-good message, is it? that Daniel's delivering to the king. But one that that Nebuchadnezzar needs to hear because the Lord knows what's best. He knows the best way for people to come to him. He knows that Nebuchadnezzar has to deal with his pride to turn to God and put his trust in him. He knows that even the most powerful man of the world needs to learn this lesson. But sadly, throughout history, most people have not learned this lesson. Nebuchadnezzar, like all of us, has to learn, must learn, how fragile life really is. I don't know about you, if you're not on our church prayer list, it's probably a good thing to sign up for. Sometimes you get these prayer requests and you're like, oh, wow. 
Just like that, something can happen to someone. No matter who they are, none of us are exempt from pain in this life. A lot of times when I think about how, you know, things can happen to really strong and mighty and gifted people, I think of Steve Jobs from Apple, one of the founders of Apple, and then eventually the, the, the brain behind it, behind it all. Brilliant guy, really changed so much about the, the world. I, you know, how many of you buy his stuff? With all that money, all that brain power, all that brilliance, all those billions of dollars, couldn't ward off cancer and dies at the age of 56. There are presidents, there are dictators, there are titans of business, and there are, like most of us, very independent people. But there is only one Lord God who is king of the universe. And the prosperity and power of this life, how little of it or how much of it you might have, it just doesn't last. It doesn't last very long at all. Verse 26, and inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you have come to know that heaven rules. That's another way of saying, after you know, have come to know that God rules. What is that? That is repenting. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, perhaps there will be a lengthening of your prosperity. This is a terrifying prophecy. Absolutely terrifying. Daniel tells him what's going to happen to him. You are going to lose your mind. You know, some of you might wonder, does God speak to people when they lose their mind? Most of you know that we have a radio station. It broadcasts from this location here, but the tower where the antenna is is on top of Shangun Mountain in Denville. And it, it sits right over. I forgot the name of it in the first sentence. What's the name of that hospital there? Greystone, the psychiatric hospital. And we get a decent amount of calls from Greystone of people who are listening to our station. Let me tell you something. Sometimes I hear the best theology I've ever heard in my life coming over there. They always use the, the, the full three minutes to leave the message. <laughs> and for 90 seconds, you'll hear great theology. And then you'll hear where their mind is. So I used to never know how God would reach into such minds I think of people like Sandy Strunk. I have no doubt anymore, zero doubt, that God is able to reach into the heart and mind of anyone who has breath. And so somehow in the midst of this guy's situation, he comes to the realization, he comes to know that God rules, that heaven rules and God says, you'll get your kingdom back when you repent. Most people think his son was the interim leader. And so Daniel, the man of God, counsels the king. 
you need to turn to God. You need to, you need to turn to heaven. You need to turn from your sins. And then you need to break or cut off your sins and do what's right. Daniel specifically tells him, you need to stop oppressing the poor and the helpless. You need to stop destroying lives. Now, this is one of those things where um, I have to rely on historians to think, well, what would, I mean, he's been, seems like he's kind of chilling in this passage. We'll get to that in a minute. And, and it seems like the empire is under control. What was, I, so I'll go to historians to find out what was he really doing. And a lot of historians think it's not so much that he was oppressing the people as he was not helping. He was indulging himself and he was lacking generosity. Now, these kinds of things are not easy to hear. What you do with your money says a lot about your faith. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.